thank you for joining us. And uh, as it's already been alluded to, the uh, many of our women went to the women's conference. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I was talking with Nancy, and she said it was so amazing. Well, all of the women have said it's so amazing, but they're like, you, you just can't explain what happens there. And uh, so, guys, in a, a few months, uh, when is it in, in March or April? Huh? February. Oh, February. In February. Uh, next. First quarter sometime next year, the men are going to a conference, and we have, I think, 60 seats reserved. Is it 60? 30? 30. Okay, 30. I'm thinking big. I'm thinking big. Yeah, we can make it 60. But I'd like to have all of the men go. Listen, there's something that happens when we go to a conference, and it's not just about what we get, what we receive at the conference, but it's also about that time of getting to know one another and, and bonding together. And so, uh, anyway, I want to encourage you in that. And uh, I wanted to touch on something else. Um, through this, we're doing this series on the gifts from the Holy Spirit. And if you missed two weeks ago and last week, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen or watch those teachings online because they are critical for us moving forward. And uh, uh, last week I taught on prophecy, speaking in tongues, and a prayer language. And uh, Pastor Christine was telling me on the way home last night that there was a conversation in the van that she was in, and I think there were two or three ladies there that were having some questions about what we had just talked about the week before. And they were absent, and so they missed his teachings. But listen, um, these gifts from the Holy Spirit are awesome. Yeah. And we need to understand what they are, and how to apply them correctly according to the Word of God. And so, again, I encourage you to listen to this entire series because it's foundational on where we're going and what the Lord is doing. And we're going to need a greater sensitivity to the Holy Spirit moving forward, I can guarantee you. We need it now. But what was interesting, I was having a conversation with a pastor in Corpus Christi that I hadn't talked to in a number of years. And you know what he told me? We were talking about what we've been teaching and he taught the exact same thing last week that I taught. You know, no, uh, that's just the Lord. The Lord is doing something in our midst, and we need to be prepared for the times ahead. So, again, go back and listen, especially to last week and, and two weeks ago. And last week was prophecy, speaking in tongues, and a prayer language. God gives us gifts from the Holy Spirit to empower us and to help us live a victorious life. Jesus said, I go that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. So let's receive everything that the Lord has for us. This morning's topic is order and worship. And I've been going through, I've been going through 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And I think this is a final sermon in this series. And, and I'm kind of sad because I've enjoyed it so much. I love this. I think this is so vital and so this teaching is so lack, lacking in the body of Christ today. But we need to know uh, what the Word says. And uh, so my first point this morning is love is supreme. Yes. Okay? And there are people that have the gifts and they put more emphasis on the gifts than they do the giver of the gifts. Listen, it's all about love. So we've been talking about this for what week is this? This is week, what is this, 14? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go back and listen to those if you miss them. Okay. I'm lost here now. 
Okay. Uh, our scriptures for this morning, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and 11. And we've been talking a lot about those, but I want to touch on those. And then 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, we're going to finish up this chapter, verses 26 through 40. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, and again, Paul's writing to the early church, and he's, he's bringing correction, and he's trying to say, all right, I want you to understand this. Don't, don't misunderstand what the Scripture says and what I'm teaching you. So now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, he goes on the right, I don't want you to misunderstand this. We have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We can hear from the Lord through prayer, spending time in prayer, and spending time with, with Him where we hear His small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Verse 11 in chapter 12 says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And last week I talked about having a prayer language. I talked about the value of that. And I think that that is one gift that the Lord wants all of us to have. And then I'm not going to go back and preach my whole sermon from last week. But if you go to Jude 20, he says, we, a prayer language builds us up. Yeah. And so we want to be able to be built up. That's the purpose of the gifts, is that we are built up individually and that we can encourage and build one another up as well. And uh, we, we've been reading about prophecy is, is one of the primary ways to do that. Paul said, hey, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But it's better that you would prophesy that you would speak five words that are understandable than 10,000 that have to be interpreted or not understood. And uh, I, there were several of you that came forward for prayer last week, and I prayed specifically that you receive a prayer language. Did anybody get a prayer language last week that I prayed for? Anybody? Okay. Well, as I shared with you last week, we had prayer, and we didn't receive our prayer language right then, but sometime later we got it. And so there's something that's happening and God is preparing your heart. So just keep praying and asking the Lord to receive that prayer language. Just let go. And let me say this. When you get a prayer language and when you begin to pray that out loud, it's going to sound weird and funny because it's different than what you're accustomed to hearing. But don't be scared by it, afraid of that. I mean, just let the Holy Spirit begin to come out of you and, and just begin to pray and I'm telling you, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable, and it's going to sound a little different. But as you get comfortable in that, you think about a child, when they begin to speak, da-da, goo-goo-ga-ga, you know, they're making all these sounds, but, you know, they're trying to talk, and, and they don't always say words perfectly, but it's a little awkward for them and a little awkward for you because you're like, well, you don't quite have that, that down yet. But as the Holy Spirit begins to come out of us, we're going to hear our prayer language, and it's going to sound a little different. So don't... You know, I didn't really talk about that last week, so don't be frightened off by that. Just allow the Holy Spirit entrance, access, and residence in your life, okay? All right. Uh, so through 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, we've learned about some of the gifts that God gives that He's given to His church, the body of Christ. And uh, through the remainder of chapter 14 here, Paul is giving instructions regarding implementation of these gifts. The gifts are important, however, 
Love is more important. All right? We got that. So our first point is love is supreme. Let's go, uh, before we get into chapter 14, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1, and let's just kind of recap some of this stuff. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Paul is very clear. He's saying love trumps all the gifts. So love is supreme is my first point. My second point this morning is God is a God of order. And uh, this is, uh, this morning... We will read some examples on how a worship service may look. I don't think that it has to be, you know, rigid. And, and uh, the important thing is that we're following the Holy Spirit. And I think that we in the um, Western world over here, we kind of come up with our own church format. You know, normally we have announcements, and then we have our praise and worship, three songs in a cloud of dust kind of thing. That's what Pastor Don used to say. But we have our praise and worship, and then we have our opening prayer, and then we have a sermon, and a Life Fellowship, you know that it's Bible-based, Christ-centered, worship-driven, so we're going to teach you Scripture, we're going to talk about the Word of God, we're going to mention the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're going to talk about those things. And uh, uh, then we're going to have, uh, our sermons are going to be Bible-based, and we're going to have an altar call. We're going to give people an, an opportunity to receive the Lord if they don't know Him, or rededicate their life. And then we maybe have another song and dismissal. And then we can't forget this lunch, right? I mean, that, that's almost part of our church service. <laughs> so we have kind of this format that we follow. And, and then if you've been to a First Friday, you know that First Fridays are very different. There's no teaching. There's no sermon. It's primarily praise and worship. And we have a little bit of a break in there for some prayer. But the focus on First Friday is that we engage with Him. We bring the lights down low. And we will be having our next First Friday on August the 7th, I believe. And so I want you to be here. Uh, and it's really just a, a wonderful, engaging time with the Lord. And so I, I really want you to come. And if you've never, never been to one of those, I think you'll find it extremely refreshing. And we just bring the lights down low. We worship. And uh, you won't even really know anybody else is here. You just get into your own zone with the Lord. And we've had people receive their prayer language on First Friday. We've had things happen you know, it's, listen, it's all about an engagement with the Lord. Okay? I guess I'm, I'm done, you know. You know, today I feel like, okay, that, that's really the bottom line. But it's all about engagement with Him. And I don't see that there's any particular way that things must be done. And uh, First Friday is a great example of that. The important thing is that we need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And just be open to Him. Whatever He wants to do. A few times the Lord has had me teach something different than what I plan. I get everything ready to go on Sunday morning and maybe Friday night or Saturday the Lord says, you know, let's let's teach that sometime later. Uh, this is what I want you to share tomorrow. And maybe some of you have showed up and the Lord said, okay, they're going to be there. We're changing a course correction here. We're going to change direction. I don't know. But when the Lord says, I want you to teach something different or when the Lord speaks into our life, the correct answer is yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever you want. 
you're the boss. And so if I prepare a message and get it ready to go, and the Lord says, well, I don't want you to teach on that this morning, my answer is yes, sir, whatever you want to do. So uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. <clears throat> so Paul is, is bringing kind of this section to a close. Remember that this is a letter that was written to the early church. So, so there's not any chapters, there's not any verses, it's just a continual letter. And so he's kind of summarizing this up. He says, well, my brothers and sisters, let me summarize, or let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. That's the purpose, is, is that we're built up. And we read earlier in the series where speaking in tongues is for the unbeliever, and that it must be interpreted, and that, but that prophecy is better. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but I wish that you would prophesy. And so the goal is not that, oh, look at him. He's got a special gift. He must be God's favorite. or whatever. It's not about that. It's about being built up and encouraged and strengthened. Okay, so let's read on. Well, well let, me, let me say this, too. Paul has already established some things. And uh, one of the things that he, a couple of things that he's established regarding prophecy is that prophecy is better than tongues. Okay, he's already established that. Prophecy builds up the church. It encourages us. We're strengthened. Uh, it can, that can be an individual word of prophecy given to us, which encourages us and strengthens us and, and builds us up. It can also, as we've talked about, it can be a corporate word given to the body. Like I shared a few months ago when we were doing our 21-day fast, we were doing a blessed life, and God gave me a word. It was for Christine and I, but also I felt like it was a word for us corporately, and we printed a bunch of those out, and many of you took those. So prophecy, those are a couple of the things that, that uh, Paul has already established about prophecy. Regarding praying in the Spirit, and we also talked about singing in the Spirit last week. Do you remember that? So praying and singing in the Spirit, or, or singing in tongues, or praying in tongues, is singing or praying to God, okay? Uh, the other thing that he's established is that praying or singing in the Spirit or singing in tongues builds us up individually. So that's, that's the great benefit of that. Regarding speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues must be interpreted. He's, he also says that speaking in tongues is for the unbeliever. And uh, the bottom line is love rules. Amen. Okay. So then Paul gives some guidelines regarding speaking in tongues. So he's been, when you go back and read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, primarily 12 and 14, you see how all these things are kind of woven together. And so let's take the whole thing, let's weave it all together, and let's not pick and choose based on our, our denominational teachings or our traditions. I mean, traditions can be good, but let's never allow those things to trump the Word of God. Yeah. All right, so Paul is giving some guidelines now regarding speaking in tongues. The thing is, remember what he said in, in chapter 12. He said, I want you to understand. I don't want there to be confusion in the church. I don't want you to be confused. And I think that there is confusion in the body of Christ regarding these, these gifts, especially speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, prayer language. And uh, when we just read the word, it doesn't look like it's that difficult to understand. 
when we just read the Word of God and obey what He says. Okay, so let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, 27. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. So I think this is where some people get confused with speaking in tongues in a prayer language. I've been in services where someone will stand up and, and in my spirit I'm like, I don't think that that's the right application. I think what they're doing is I think they're feeling the unction in the presence of the Holy Spirit, but I think what they're really doing is, is praying. That's what I, I, I sense in my spirit sometimes. And so uh, there's a difference between speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. There are two different applications. There are two different purposes for those things. So it says, if, if there is no one present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let's read on in 28. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting. So if no one is present who can interpret, and they're speaking to God privately, what would we call speaking in tongues to God privately? Good answer! You guys are on the ball. That's praying, that's praying in our prayer language. Speaking to God privately is prayer. As we've seen through this series, speaking in tongues is speaking to God unless interpreted. Okay, so praying in tongues or praying in our prayer language is speaking to God since we don't understand what we are praying. We've already talked about that. Verse 29, Paul continues, Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. I've heard <clears throat> words of prophecy that are not from the Lord. Uh, because they don't line up with the Word of God. And I've shared this example with you before. There was a lady here a number of years ago, and she had a word of prophecy for this couple. And uh, eventually she told me, she went and told this couple, gave them this, this word. And I told her, I said, that's not a word from the Lord. Because the word to them was, you're doing well, God is pleased, God is, you're doing the right thing. And I knew that was incorrect, because I knew what they were doing. They were going around, they were stirring up division, strife, and discord in the body of Christ. God is not pleased with that. In fact, God's word says that there's someone causing division among you. Warn them once, warn them a second time, and then have nothing further to do with them. God does not put up with division in the church. And consequently, I don't either. If there's somebody stirring something up, I'm going to have a conversation. But you know, the thing is, uh, we have, I mean, everybody that's here now loves it here. They're here because they want to be here. And my feeling is, hey, if, if you're at a church and, and you don't trust the pastor or you don't like it there, go find another church. You know, come on. I mean, listen, if you go to a bad restaurant, stop going there if it's not any good. But so I talked to this young lady and, and she really got offended. She said, well, I gave them the word of God. I said, listen. And I didn't go into all the details. It was none of her business. But I knew that that was not a word from the Lord. And it, it, it worked out where I had warned this, this person once about causing division. I'd warned them a second time. And I didn't have to warn them a third time. God moved them out. 
And you know what happened? Uh, there, was, there was just this undercurrent that was here at that time. And some families left. And when they left, it's like all that stuff left. You know, it, it, just, it was amazing. And so we are, we are not to cause division in the body of Christ. And, and if you've got a problem with something going on at this church, you need to come talk to your team leader or you need to come talk to me and, and we'll talk about it. But uh, my point really that I'm trying to make is that uh, whenever we have a word from the Lord, uh, it's probably good to run it past your spiritual authority until you establish that relationship and there, you know, the, the pastor is, is comfortable with you giving words. But uh, uh, we, need, we need the Holy Spirit to help us discern if a message is from God or from another spirit. And we talked about that early on in this series because there's another spirit. There's an Antichrist spirit out there. And so that's why it's important that we need to know the Word of God. And if someone gives you a word, does it line up with the Word of God or not? And, and we don't know that if we don't know the Word of God. And so we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us because the Bible says in the end times, there will be people that will be deceived because they're hearing things that sound like the truth, but they're not. And so we need to, to, to know the Word of God we need to have the Holy Spirit resident in our life to help us discern whether a message is from God or from another spirit. If you believe you have a word of prophecy, great. I would like for you to run it past Pastor Christine or me, and, and let's just see, evaluate that, because it's important. Uh, sometimes the Lord will speak a word for us, and uh, that word... Sometimes it could be given to somebody else, but it's really not for them. It's really for us. Sometimes the Lord will give revelation or insight into a situation that, that may be for us. It may not be something that we're supposed to share. It may just be to give us insight. And I've had that happen to me numerous times where I'm dealing with a situation and boom, it's like all of a sudden God gives me insight into what's going on. Uh, sometimes the Lord will give us a warning or a caution. He will speak to us and he'll say, man, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, we may receive a word from the Lord for a, specific uh, for a specific person or purpose. And so God will speak to us about these things. Sometimes a word uh, is for the local church, like what I shared a few months ago in February uh, during our fast. Sometimes the Lord will speak a corporate word for the body of Christ as a whole. And so we need to know... What, the, what does God want us to do with that word? Is that just for us? Is it just for a certain situation? Is it, you know, what, what is that word for? Um, there's a person here at Life Fellowship that God speaks to through dreams. And they've shared some of those dreams with me before. And what that's done is it's, it's brought confirmation for something that the Lord has already been speaking to me about. But uh, this person will come and, and she'll talk to Pastor Christine or me. And uh, I know that the Lord is speaking through her. And, and so if you have a gift, if God is speaking, listen, God can speak to us through dreams, through his word, through other people, uh, directly through his Holy Spirit as we're spending time with him. And uh, so if you, if you have that gift, we want to help you develop and grow in that. Just like if you have the gift of teaching or administrative or whatever, uh, if you're a musician or whatever that looks like, we want to develop those gifts. 
And so if you have a, a, a word of prophecy or something, well, just bring it to Christine and I before you go and share that because we want to make sure that, uh, that, that this is being dis dispensed in the, in the correct manner. Listen, it's not here to micromanage or anything like that, uh, but it's here to protect the sheep because that word that was given by that person a number of years ago, it, it, was, an, it, was, a, it was a bad word, just straight up. And so if someone gives you a word and says, God is pleased with you, and it's a lie, uh, you know, that can take you down a path you, you don't need to go. Okay. Consider that the Old Testament prophets were stoned to death if they got it wrong. I'm not talking about smoking weed and drinking Jack Daniels. They were killed. They were killed. It was serious business. Giving a word to someone from the Lord is serious, and that's why it's safe to share it with your spiritual oversight or uh, authority first. Anyone that speaks a word of prophecy at Life Fellowship will be evaluated by me. I'm going to evaluate it. I'm the gatekeeper here, and so it's my role to protect the sheep and watch over the sheep. Uh, I don't own the sheep. God, God owns the sheep. God owns all of us, but he's given me stewardship and responsibility for you, and I've shared the scripture before that talks about in Hebrews that I will be held accountable. So, you know, I take that pretty seriously. Uh, I want to give you an example of, that I've shared before. Many of you know that we go to Gateway Church in South Lake, and Pastor Robert Morris has uh, got a great church there. In fact, we did this series of Blessed Life, and uh, we go to the pastor's conference and worship conference every year there. And he gave an example that there was... He was at a service, and someone stood up and began to give a word of prophecy, and he looked over at the ushers and had them shut him down. And after the service, the guy came back, and he was mad. He told Pastor Robert, I had a word for your congregation. And Robert said, wait a minute, let me ask you a question. He said, am I your pastor? And he said, no, you're not. He said, you're not my prophet. He said, I have people on staff that have the gift of prophecy, I know them. I have a relationship with them. I have, there's a trust factor there. And uh, those people, if they have a word from the Lord, they come to me and we talk about it. It, it could be that I say, all right, I want you, I'd like for you to give that word today. Or it could be, let's wait on that. Or it could be, you know, whatever the Lord wants to do. But he is the gatekeeper. And, and so there are people that he trusts. There are people that I trust that move in the prophetic but you know what? I've known these people. I trust them. I trust that they're hearing from the Lord and that they're living a lifestyle that's conducive to the work and the life of the Holy Spirit living in their lives. Uh, imagine that you have a funnel and you're pouring some water through this funnel into a jug. You have, let's say you have two funnels. You have one funnel that is filthy, dirty. It has dirt and grime and stuff in it. So you put that funnel over that bottle and you pour that water through that funnel into that vessel. And then you want to give that to somebody to drink. Here, drink that. Would you want to drink that? No. Imagine that you have a funnel that is sparkling clean. And you have a, a bottle that you're pouring that water through. You're, you're pouring that water through that funnel into that vessel. That's good water to drink. So we want to make sure that the vessel 
that the word is coming through is clean and pure. So it, it that's why uh, you want you want to make sure that when you give a word that uh, it's a word from the Lord. And uh, and so I appreciate that that Robert Morris is looking out for his people. I appreciate that. And uh, so again, he has people there that move in the gift of prophecy. I. I know people. We're going to have a guy here in a few weeks that uh, is a prophetic psalmist, and I trust him. But you know what? I'll be evaluating. I'm always going to be evaluating. I love Pastor Don, and he's my pastor, and I trust him. I trust that man with my life. But if he gives a word, I'm going to be evaluating. And so that's what the word says. It says that if someone gives a prophecy, that it should be evaluated by those who are uh, spiritual as well. So, uh, the other thing I want to say is if I ever feel there's been ambiguity or something incorrectly said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. I'm going to say, wait a minute, let's talk about this. And we've had that happen a couple of times. Where in a class or a sermon or something like that, and uh, so I'll stand up. And there, there have been a few times when I've gone back and I've listened to, I listen to my sermons every week. I edit the, the audio. I watch the video. And if I, if I see something that I think, well, maybe I didn't communicate that as, as well as I would like. Maybe there was some ambiguity there. I'll come back the next week and say, hey, listen, last week I said blah, 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 but let me be clear about this, blah, 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 okay? So it's really, really important. I try to catch those things right up front because the same people that were there that Sunday may not be there the next Sunday, you know what I'm saying? So we, wanna, we just want to be clear. And we want people to understand the truth of God, the principle of God, to walk in the love of God, and there not be any confusion uh, or woundedness or anything happens. So my first point is love is supreme. My second point is God is a God of order. My third point is be teachable and become mature. Remember our core values, a life fellowship, love, prayer, obedience, humility, teachability, unity, and service teachability, being able to teach because we're founded and grounded in the Word of God, but also being teachable. So we're always learning. I was sharing with a couple of the men last night that we we all, and I think Jason said this, we all need a Paul. We need somebody to mentor us, and we all need a Timothy, somebody that we're mentoring and pouring into. So we're ever-growing. And I have some great mentors. Pastor Don is a great, great man of God. And uh, he's someone that continues to pour into me. And we can pour into each other as well, because we all have the Holy Spirit living in us, right? All right. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 14.30. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I taught on uh, this verse 3 in chapter 14. Uh, but one who prophesies, First uh, Corinthians 14, 3, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. That's the purpose of prophecy. A timely word from the Lord can turn a person's life around. Uh, it can save their life. I mean, you know, I've given some examples of, of the power of the Word of God. The power, the Word of God is powerful. And it can change our life. It does change our life. It transforms us. Remember Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
So then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so we need to have the Word of God wash over us and cleanse us, get us in alignment with God's Word, what He says about us, who we are in Christ. Okay, so the gifts from the Holy Spirit are not given to cause confusion. God's gifts for the church don't cause us to turn into some kind of out-of-control zombie. Oh, I'm getting a word of prophecy. You know, I mean, it's not like that at all. So don't be fearful of the things of God. God's gifts are a blessing. And they're given so that we, uh, we would be built up. Verse 33, 14-33. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. And so there should be peace, and we should, there's comfort, there's safety. In the house of God, there should be that you're not getting uh, uh, the word of God that's filtered through a, a filthy funnel, but through a clean vessel. And uh, that we walk in the fullness of life that Christ came to give. So Paul is teaching them about order in the church service. And before we uh, move forward, we are one in Christ. We've talked about the body. And if you... For the women that went to the conference uh, this past weekend, you saw a part of the body that was very different, right? The Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship is very different than Life Fellowship. But it doesn't mean that, uh, I mean, it's just a different expression of worship. And you see the diversity there. And it's wonderful to be a part of that and to be able to go and experience that and know that these are my brothers and sisters and, and the fact that, that Pastor Dean was teaching the same thing last week that I was teaching last week, and I haven't talked to Dean in several years. You know, it's not like we're in contact. But we are part of the body. And so as the, as the Lord begins to speak to the body and they respond, we're going to be moving in one accord. Okay, so... We're one in Christ. My calling and my role is different than yours. But we should be working together to grow and mature and build each other up. That's the purpose that we're connected together. So let's go, let's go to Galatians chapter 3. I want to just read a couple of scriptures here in 3, 26-28. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism, have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. So when we come to Christ, it's like our, our, our life is cloaked with Christ. We're forgiven of our sins and we're connected with Him. Uh, goes on to say in verse 28, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are what? One in Christ Jesus. So clearly the gifts from the Holy Spirit are distributed to men and women. Our value is not based on our roles or, or the gifts. God just has a different... God, listen, when I was at the conference, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was listening to these, these women pastors and ministers pre, you know, teach these women. I was going, man, that's just such a different approach to women. You know, I mean, that's not how I would say it. And I, I just really reiterated, I've been married 32 years, so you would think I would know this. But men and women are just very different. And, and it's, not, it's, it's not that one's better than the other. I mean, we, we are all the expression of God. Okay, I, I think I better 
No, no, no. Okay, so our value is not based on our roles. God is a God of order, and our value is found in Christ, not in our gifts. It's found in Christ. So, here in Corinthians chapter 14, in the Corinthians culture, women were not allowed to confront men in public. And so there may have been some women that were doing that. They, you have to understand, these people are new Christians and they're excited about it and, and they're growing in the Lord. And uh, additionally, uh, formal religious training was reserved for the men. And so there's a whole shift going on here. And some of the questions the women had they could have probably been answered at home without causing disruption in the meetings. Let me give you an example. Uh, many of you know that I worked in industry for a long time, and uh, I was using Excel spreadsheets. And I went to this, it was supposed to be an advanced uh, Excel class. And there were people in there like, you don't know this? This is supposed to be an, an intermediate to advanced class, and they're asking these basic questions and I, frankly, I was getting really frustrated. I'm like, why are they in this class? They need to be in beginner Excel. You know, and so what happens, uh, what, what was happening there, I wanted to drill down. I wanted to learn some stuff besides the basics. And, and we were getting bogged down in these, you know, things that people that were really basic. And so I think what was happening is sometimes these women, they were zealous and wanting to understand the things of God. There's no fault in that. But... These men were trying to learn and grow. And Paul is saying, listen, guys, teach your wives these basic elementary things, or if they have questions, address those at home. Don't, don't tie up everybody else because of this one little question when, when we're trying to go deeper or whatever that might have looked like. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And Paul, again, he's given instruction here, and, and he's saying women should be silent during the church meetings. It's not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. And we know what, that, that the law said, we know that the Bible teaches that women are sub, to submit to their, their husbands, and uh, uh, that husbands are to love their wives, as Christ loved the church. And we know that Christ gave his life for the church. So we're not talking about being dictators here. We're talking about the, the Word of God. We're talking about living in accordance with God's plan and his work. And uh, we, we talked a lot about this, that men are the leaders of the home, that, that we're to lead our families. It doesn't mean that men are better than women. It doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that we have a different role and that the wife has her place. And, and if you have the wife trying to do the husband's job and the husband trying to do the wife's job, it doesn't work. And so that's why we need to understand our rightful role. Again, it's not based on value. Men are not more valuable than women. Uh, it, it's based on what God has called us to do. So he says that it's, it's not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home. For it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. So it would appear that there were unnecessary questions being asked and interruptions that were causing, uh, or questions that were causing interruption, uh, and that these discussions could be uh, resolve or these questions could be resolved at home. So again, what is the goal? That everyone will grow and mature. And so that's why we encourage our, our youth to come into the uh, uh, the Bible study 
on, on Wednesday nights. We'll be starting that again in August and, and because we want them to learn. And they're learning. And in fact, some of the comments that they make at Bible study, they're teaching some of us because they're getting a good understanding of the Word of God. Uh, so the goal is for everyone to grow and mature. Okay, my first point, again, is love is supreme. My second point is God is a God of order. My third point is be teachable and become mature. Paul goes on to uh, seemingly bring some correction to the Corinthian church. He says, uh, you know, he just said, uh, for it's improper for women to speak in church meetings. Then he goes on to say, or do you think God's word originated with you, Corinthians? Are you the only ones to whom it was given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, you should recognize that what I'm saying is a command from the Lord Himself. In other words, I think what Paul's saying, if you're really connected to the Lord through the Holy Spirit, you will know that what I'm teaching you is correct because it's going to bear witness with you. Paul was no novice to the Word of God. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and they had to memorize uh, you know, books of the Bible. Let me read on but if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. You should recognize that what I'm saying is a command from the Lord Himself. But if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So I think Paul is saying a couple of things here. I think he's saying you're, you may not be as spiritually mature as you think you are. Have you ever met someone and, and they come across like they're really spiritual? But as you get to know them, they say some things or they do some things or they act some ways and you're like, they're probably not as spiritual as they think they are. And maybe we can look in the mirror and we can probably see the same thing in us, right? Uh, so Paul is saying, you may not be as spiritual as you think you are. And he's saying, I'm mature. I'm teaching, teaching you led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this should be confirmation to you if you are being led by God's Spirit. So, uh, you know, when I... When I meet with someone that, that's spiritual, um, you know, like my pastor does, somebody that's really deep, that's got a good foundation in the Word, and, and uh, has, has a lifestyle that, that lives what they say they believe, come on. And, uh, you know, we get into these conversations, uh, when we begin to talk, man, there's just something that happens in my spirit. It's like, man, that's so good, it's confirmation. And then you begin to share, and they share, and they, you know, back and forth. And it's just good stuff, because the Spirit of God is there, and He's building us up, and He's encouraging us through one another. So Paul is saying, if you're mature, if you're mature these teachings are going to be confirmation to you. Paul was very, very versed in God's Word before he had an encounter with Jesus. Paul was a, a top-notch Pharisee. And he was the cream of the crop in the Jewish religion. They had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. They had to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They had to memorize the law. So they didn't just read it. They had to memorize it. Um, but once he had an encounter with Jesus, all that head knowledge became heart understanding. Paul went from being uh, religious to having a relationship which has always been God's desire that we have a relationship with Him. And let's look at verse 39. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Be eager to prophesy. God, 
I want you to speak through my life. And we talked about this earlier in the series where it can that can be differently. You know, for that can be different for for us. It can be young man in the red shirt. God is telling you or telling me to tell you, or or it can be through the Word of God through dispensing. Uh, the Word of God uh, in a teaching. It can be, you know, it can come in a number of different ways. Let's never, ever put God in a box. Let's just allow God to be God, and let's just be a conduit that He can work through however He chooses. Okay? So, my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and don't forbid speaking in tongues. Okay? He's talked about that. He said that's clearly a gift. But he's also said there's a, there's a correct application for those things. So he goes on to say in verse 40, Be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Paul encourages prophecy. He does not forbid speaking in tongues. He is saying that these things should be done in proper order. So I believe that this will conclude this series. Um, Again, if you've missed any of this, I encourage you to go back online and, and watch. These messages are designed to remove confusion and any mystery about the Holy Spirit and the gifts that He gives. His gifts are wonderful. And He's a loving Father. And I want all the, all the gifts that God has for me. So, love is supreme. God is a God of order. Be teachable and, and become mature. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. That's God's greatest gift. is Jesus. Forgiveness of sins. And then the benefits of that, that we begin to walk in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that impacts our lives so that we're changed. So that God transforms our life. He brings health and healing and wholeness to us. And then He pours through our life. He pours His love through our life to touch a lost and dying world that need Jesus. And they need to see some Jesus sometimes. And, he, and God may be using you and sending you to be that hug that they need. I, I, I share this story with you. I remember being at the fellowship, uh, going back after we moved up here, and I was walking down the aisle to my seat, and, and it's like the Lord said, stop and give this lady a hug. And I just gave her a hug, this older lady, and I went and sat down, and she told me sometime later, she's, she was standing there at her chair, and she said, God, I need a hug from you. no idea. I just stopped and hugged her. Listen, people are in need and God will use us to do whatever He wants us to do. It can change somebody's life. It can bring encouragement and you, don't, you may not even know about it. But, that, but we just need to obey. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your gifts. And God, I thank You that You are so much greater than, than us and uh, George is a that we can't understand your thoughts. Your thoughts are not our thoughts, and our ways are not your ways, but your ways and your thoughts are much higher than ours. And Father, I pray that, that we would fully, completely understand that you are for us, 
and that your gifts are for us and for the body of Christ to build up and encourage and strengthen. And Father, in, in closing out this series, I pray that everyone that does not have a prayer language would receive a prayer language. Because as you stated in Jude 20, a prayer language builds us up. It connects with you on a greater level. It draws us into a deeper level of intimacy. And Father, you know that our, our target here at Life Fellowship is that we grow in our intimacy with you. So Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in our lives, work in our hearts. And uh, we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. What I want to do this morning is... Uh, let me say a couple of things. <laughs> Christopher was telling somebody the other day, whenever I say I want to say a couple of things, that means I'm getting wound up, you know. You know, some pastors have, well, I'm closing now, and after about the 15th time, we're going, really? And I guess my multiple closing is, let me say a couple of things. Uh, we, Christine and I, are leaving the country this, this week, and we're going with Pastor Don, and we're going to be ministering, and... Uh, we're going to be speaking to a group of pastors. And next Sunday, I want all of you here. Mr. Tom Braxton is going to be in the house. And you know that Tom is more than a musician. God is it speaks powerfully through this man. And for those of you that were here when Kirk Whalen was here, you knew that it was much more than music. Kirk had some really good things to share. The Lord had given him some things. And uh, he shared those things with us, and it was a powerful service. And I anticipate the same thing with Tom Braxton. And then we'll be back the, the following Sunday. But uh, so I want you to be here. I want you to bring your friends too, because Tom, let me, I've said this before, but I think Tom is the best I've ever seen at engaging with people. And just not, you know, coming across all religious and all that kind of stuff, but just living it. And people are drawn to him because of the Christ, the love of Christ in time. And you that have met him, you know how charismatic he is. That's the Lord working through his life. And so it would be a great time to bring those people that don't have a relationship with the Lord, enjoy some good music, but also, you know, have the, the presence of God that, that Kirk Whalen was talking about. The presence of God. Go forth. And begin to move in people's lives. And God can do that through music, certainly, and through the Word of God. Uh, the other thing that I would like for you to do is to keep us in prayer. We're going to a dangerous place where they don't, you know, the, the gospel of Christ is not real welcomed in some of these areas. And uh, so I want you to be praying for us and lifting us up. I want you to uh, support your team leaders. I know everybody will pick up the ball and, and whatever's needed. You know the, the phrase here, whip, whatever it takes. So, and, and I know that we're leaving you guys in good hands. And, and I want to say thanks in advance to everybody that's serving and helping. And uh, yeah, I just, I love you guys. God is doing something really special here. And we've got a lot of changes coming up that are really, really good. And we're about to go to a new level. So that's why these foundational teachings are really important. And uh, that's why it's important that you stay connected and uh, continue to seek God and continue to stay plugged in here. So I think you guys are going to pray for us. All right. Mama Christine.
Pastor Christine, Pastor Mark. You know, first and foremost, I just want to thank them for setting an example of this live it. They're going out there and they're just, they're going out there and they're going to go and live it. And, and we need to be praying for our pastors every day. But we especially need to be praying for them while they're out of the country. We need to be praying for their protection. Let's go ahead and if you'll just push your, push your hand forward towards them, let's lift them up. Precious Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for such amazing examples you have given us. I thank you for our pastors, Lord. I thank you for their heart for you. I thank you for their love for us. I thank you that they listen to everything that you have for us and for them. I thank you that they aren't, they aren't bound by fear to tell us what we need to hear sometimes. Lord, I just lift them up to you right now, Lord, and I just pray for your protection to be upon them. Lord, that you would protect them physically, spiritually, and emotionally. That you would protect them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Lord, on flights, on travel, on food they're eating. Lord, that you would just protect them 100%, Lord. And just as important, Lord, Lord, that you would speak through them. That you would speak to them. Lord, that this would be one of the most gratifying experiences in their lives. That they are able to that they're able to sacrifice to serve others, just like they do for us, day in and day out. I'm a little jealous of the people that are over there, because they're going to be receiving the love that we get day in and day out. Though they're going to be loving us at the same time. Lord, I thank you for Tom coming next week and and sharing with us, Lord, and, and taking up the mantle. To, to ensure that we're being led in, in a holy manner while they're gone. So, Lord, we just lift them up to you right now. We lift up the entire team that's going over there. Lord, that your protection would pour down upon them. Lord, that your 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 love and your peace would, would overfill them from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, Lord. And, Lord, help us to remember to pray for them throughout the next two weeks and beyond. Help us to remember... Lord, that, that they should be in every one of our prayers. Because the mantle that they're carrying, Lord, is, is, is mighty. So we thank you for them. Lord, we thank you for the work that you're going to do in this trip. And, you thank, and we thank you, Lord, for the work you're going to do in our lives from this trip. Lord, I can't wait to receive everything that they're going to bring back with them. So, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity for them. Lord, we thank you that you will keep them safe. And it's in Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jason. Thank you guys for praying. And you know that God has given us a huge vision. And uh, uh, he's called us to impact the world. 2015 has been a very pivotal year for us. And it will continue to be so. There are a lot of firsts that are happening. The video ministry, the, you know, live streaming, and so many things. And coming down the pipeline. Uh, but I, I want to say thank you to... To all of you that are tithing and giving of your tithes and offerings, because this enables us to go and expand the work of the kingdom. And I know that that's part of what God has called us to do not just reach Kima, Lake City, Seabrook, Bay Cliff, you know, the, these areas, but also reach the world. And so this is a first step for us. And I envision that there will be many of you going and traveling the world abroad. 
because it, it's it's not about traveling. It's about taking the word of God. Uh, Pastor Don has told me that that unfortunately there are a lot of people that are going to these third world countries and these other places and exporting junk. These people are not being taught about Christ. They're being taught programs on how to live successful lives and it becomes all about other things other than Christ and Christ desires that we live a successful life but it's not about how much money we have and how much materialism we have it's about Christ coming into our life and saving us giving us salvation that our lives are saved that that our bodies are healed and those kinds of things and so this is a first for us and I want to say thank you to those of you that are faithful of giving of your time your talents and your treasures and tie and giving tithes and offerings because it allows us to go forward and do the work of God. And as we come to heaven one at some point in time, there may be people that say, Well, I remember when your pastors came and I got saved. Or the word of God that was distributed through their life changed me. And I want to thank you for supporting that ministry because I'm here in heaven today because of what you gave or whatever that may look like. So it's not just us going. You're going with us. And your prayers are important. Lord, I thank you so much for this wonderful group of people that you've given us the privilege to be in relationship with and you've given us a privilege and honor to shepherd and lead God such a wonderful wonderful congregation we're so blessed to have every one of these people in our lives Lord God and I thank you for what you're doing I thank you for what you're going to do and we give you the praise and the glory and the honor and the thanks because you are worthy God and this is a new day. This is a new season for us that we're entering into. And uh, Lord, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm a little anxious about it, but I know that it's good. Because I know, according to Romans 12, 2, that your will is good and pleasing and perfect. And Father, I speak that over all of us. And I thank you for it. And Lord, as we go from this place this morning, I pray that you will continue to download into us and fill us to overflowing with your great Holy Spirit and use us to touch a lost and dying world who needs to know about Jesus and who needs to see some people that are committed disciples and followers of Christ living it, not just talking about it, but living it. And I thank you for these things and we pray with expectation in Jesus' name. Thank you for being here this morning. Go out and live it. You're dismissed.